Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin. Doing a post-game pod for the last couple uh, playoff games. Um, the Mavericks, um, their, their last two, I guess. I, I didn't do one after game three, so it would basically be a game three and game four post-game pod. So, um, obviously, I'm doing this um, pod on a Wednesday evening. Um, the game was Tuesday night, and then the game four was Tuesday night. Game three was Sunday night. Game three was one of the most frustrating games um, the Mavericks have played, I, I want to say, all year. Um it, it was one of those games that, you know, the next day people came out and was like, you got to help Luka. Obviously, Luka had 40 points. His shooting, three-point shooting, four for nine, he shot 44%. He had 11 rebounds. He only had a three assists. And he had two blocks and a steal, but he only had three assists because you had guys like Bullock, who was 0 for 7. Um, Maxi was... 0 for 5 on his threes. Even Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie shot 40%, which is good, but he took 10 threes. Um, he only made 4. But, you know, Nilakina was 0 for 1, Bertans 0 for 2, and it was just, you know, Luka had 40, Brunson had 20, and Spencer Dinwiddie had 26, which was great. The problem was, you know, Dorian Finney Smith had 9, Powell had 3, and Bertans had 2, and that was it. Um, nobody else scored. So, you know, it, it was just one of those games that you basically had to win since you dropped your first two on the road, um, which, you know, the game two was obviously another frustrating game because they had the lead. You know, in the second half, they pretty much petered it away by um, doing a lot of jump shooting, a lot of three-point shooting, and they weren't making the shots weren't going in in the second half like they were in the first half. And instead of trying to create shots, which you know they only have a few guys that can do that, instead of doing that, they st- they stuck with jump shooting. So you know they still lost, and it w- it was just one of those frustrating games. So um, you know being down 3-0 is basically a sort of what I guess what you could say a death sentence. Um, no team in basketball has ever done it. You know, it's happened a couple times in hockey, um, like once in baseball, and it just it doesn't happen because it's very very difficult. Um, they basically they basically need an injury to a major player for you know Golden State for that to happen. Um, I, I do think one of the things about this Mavs team is is they are going to obviously try their best to win the next game, right? They're not going to give up, which is, you know, good to see with this team. You know, they, they do not give up. That's one thing you can say about this team. But, uh, you know, game four was a very balanced scoring type of game. Now, um, they almost gave it away in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, the fourth quarter started and they had a massive lead and, their bench just could not create anything. It was atrocious. Um, you know, the 
the three-point shooting as far as, um, you know, Bertans was one for four, and he was I think he was in there that when Golden State started coming back because, you know, that's pretty – now he did have – he did make a two-point basket. I believe he ended up getting a, a – uh, a dunk or something. I, I can't remember. He did get a two-point basket, but um, they were just... Josh Green had come in the game, and he had to be taken out. Um, he He's... Right now, nobody's guarding him. So, you know, one of the things they... One of the things Golden State did was they played a lot of zone defense, and they played some boxing one, and... When you play zone defense, you play zone defense against teams that can't shoot because zone defense basically gives you wide open shots. That's what you know it does. So you play zone defense against teams that can't shoot, and Golden State's, and especially that boxing one, that's the same thing. You you play it because you think they have one player that'll beat you. The other guys are worthless. That's the defense that you know Toronto played on Golden State in the finals after Clay and Durant were injured, right? So they just played the box. The one nobody else on Golden State was going to beat them. Um, they didn't have a guy who could beat them. Everybody was hurt. So Golden State's basically playing the same defense on Dallas, you know, because they don't think anybody else can beat them. And the fourth quarter, it almost worked. But, uh, you know, Luka did end the game with 30 points and 14 rebounds. He had nine assists. He had two blocks, two steals. Um, but he, he got a lot of help this time. You know, Dorian had 23, Brunson had 15, Bullock had 18, Maxi had 13, Dinwiddie had 10. Um, you got a couple shots from Nilakina. He made both his shots. He got five, you know, anything from Nilakina is good. Um, you got five from Bertans too, but you know, the one guy that didn't score, obviously Green and Powell. Powell played 11 minutes, got one rebound. Um, and that was the extent of his uh, contribution. Uh, you know, I, that's still the one thing that bothers me. The one thing that frustrates me um, about coaches is their stubbornness. And, you know, that's why that's why I like Toronto's coach so much is because he's not as stubborn as the other guys. You know, I, I believe in one of the games against Philly – uh, Van Vliet wasn't playing well. Van Vliet really struggled in that series. And I think that's who Toronto... Yeah, Toronto played Philly. And he ended up benching him. And, you know, and it's like... Uh, he ended up getting hurt, but at the same time, he... I, I think in one game, he didn't really bring him back either. Um, but you've got to do things like that if someone's hurting you. I just I don't understand why Jason Kidd just refuses to play another big like Marquise Chris. And I know Chris was out of the league to start the year. I get it. I know when you say something like that, somebody will come back and be like, oh, you think Chris is going to save their season? No, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is Chris might help you win a basketball game where a guy like Powell hurts you when you're trying to win a basketball game. Um, you're not asking Chris to go out there and defend Joel Embiid or Jokic. You're asking him to go out there and defend Looney. 
Um, now, Looney's just an okay player. He's not a great player. I know Golden State Warriors fans probably love him. I get it. He's probably a fan favorite. But Looney's not a guy who's a great center. He's just not a great center. He's a he's a guy you could probably start at center. But he's he's obviously better than Powell. But he's not a guy that you want to pay. I think I think he's a free agent this year, and they're talking about paying him a lot of money. I'm like, you don't pay Looney more than three million dollars a year or whatever, eight million dollars a year, whatever you want to give him. But you know, I heard somebody make a comment on the broadcast about twenty million. No, you don't pay Looney twenty million dollars a year. He's not a twenty million dollar a year player. So why not give Chris a chance? Give Chris a chance over Bertons. You know. Berton's not helping you. Berton, Berton's is only hurting you. If Berton's isn't making his three-pointers, which he's not, he's a defensive liability. So just put another guy out there. You know, um, when some of these, like in that um, game three, when they weren't making their shots, just put Sterling Brown out there. If Sterling Brown goes out there and misses, that's fine. But don't let two players go 0 for 15 and put donuts up. Two, you know, two of your main players put two zeros. You can't have that. You just can't allow that, and you have to give somebody else an opportunity. You know that was one of the biggest changes that was made against Phoenix was they finally put Josh Green on the bench. You had to do it, right? I look, Josh Green's a young player. I, I think he has a future with this team. But he can't play in these playoffs right now because he hurts you. You have to put somebody else in there who can help you. Maybe next year Josh Green is fantastic in the playoffs, and that would be great. That's part of you know um, developing a player. But right now he's not ready for this, and I, it seems like you know Powell's just he's not that player. And you would have thought some of those other guys would be ready for it. You know, Bullock and Maxi have played in the playoffs before, but for whatever reason, you know, they were struggling. And it's just like, put somebody else in. Put somebody else in that might be able to make a jump shot. Um, Sterling Brown, you know he can shoot the ball. Um, you know, he's he's had a rough year. I get it. But at the same time, you can't just keep the same guys out there who are struggling and expect, oh, we're going to win this next game. Because you're not. You know, you're down 3-1. You've got to win three games in a row. And I think they said the Mavericks hadn't won four in a row all season. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I like to think they won a lot more. I, I like to think they had a four-game winning streak at least. Maybe they didn't, but um, I, I think – Four in a row wasn't ask wasn't a lot because they won so many in the second half of the season. So I, I think I think what they said was inaccurate. Um, I'd have to go back and look what their longest winning streak of the season was, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if they were wrong about that because, like I said, those guys like Reggie Miller and Stan Van Gundy they haven't watched the only Maverick games they've watched this year are the ones that are on now, which is annoying. When like I don't watch these games with the sound on because they're so annoying. That's why I like the first round when. Followell and Harper were doing the games because at least Followell and Harper <laughs> watch the Mavs. You know, they know about this team. Um, they know their strengths, their weaknesses, and you know they've watched them all year. Watching these national guys is annoying, but that's a second. That's a secondary argument or 
rant. But anyhow, I you know I am hope it would be nice to see Dallas come out and at least put pressure on Golden State um, for Thursday's game, um, game five. Uh, you know, give themselves a chance to win, play smart. Uh, you know, do what they have to do, and. You know, if you can somehow sneak out of there with a win, then I think you put pressure on Golden State. I think, to me, the pressure's on Dallas for Game 5. You know, it's on Dallas to win or go home, right? But if Dallas were to somehow win Game 5, you would put pressure on Golden State. Because Golden State would have to win Game 6. Because if they don't, you know, you're going on the road. And if you don't win that game on the road, then you got to win a game seven at home. So, um, and no, you know, no teams ever lost being down Oh three. So it would put pressure on Golden state. But like I said, I think the pressure's on Dallas for Thursday, but if Dallas somehow wins, I think it's all on golden state after that. So you just, you see, you know, you, you swing for the fences as they say, and you do what you can to win this next game. And I think you make it easier on yourself if you just win this next game. I think the next the two the two last games to me are gonna be easier than Thursday's game because if you win Thursdays, then all of a sudden it's momentum is shifting and all of a sudden there's pressure and I just it would it would be great to see them uh, pull that off. But uh, as far as coming back all the way back, that would be, Obviously, you know, in, in college basketball, um, you know, a number, what was it, a 16 team never won a one, never beat a one seed. It hap- it never happened, and then a couple years ago it did happen. So at some point, it's going to happen. Um, but like I said, I think it a major injury is going to be the reason for that. But, um, you know, I, I'd like to see Dallas at least put some pressure on them. Um, other than that, uh <clears throat> You know, the other series going on, Miami, Boston, they are playing tonight. You know, I'm doing this on a Wednesday night. They do play tonight. That series is tied 2-2. Each game has been sort of a blowout of some sorts. Um, these games, the, each team has been injury-riddled. Both teams are injury-riddled teams. Um, it's funny watching Miami and Boston play. You don't know who's going to play. You know, in Dallas, Golden State, pretty much everyone's playing except Tim Hardaway, which Dallas could really use Tim Hardaway. I tell you what, that that would, you know, he was their second best player in the playoffs last year. And if Tim Hardaway, if Tim Hardaway's making his shots, then you're going to win the game. You know, it's when he was missing his shots is when you would lose. And that's why you bring in Bullock, you know, because Bullock could have, sort of made up for that, you know, in that game where Bullock was 0 for 10. You know, maybe Tim Hardaway comes in and he hits his shots, and they, they really need Tim Hardaway. I I'm, I was really um, intrigued why, you know, his injury has taken a little longer, I think, than some other guys, except Zion. But I was really hoping to see, you know, I knew he wasn't going to play the first round. I thought there might be a chance if Dallas makes it to the second round. I thought, ah, maybe he could play towards – and then once Dallas made it to the third, I was like, man, Tim Hardaway at some point. But the story was, I think yesterday they came out that, oh, he's going to start doing different sort of like drills. or something. And I was like, well, Dallas would have to make it to the finals for Tim Hardaway Jr. to play, so – it, I really don't care about news on Hardaway Jr. at this point because 
he's not playing. So, um, as far as you know, Boston, Miami, this guy, you know, they have this guy's in. Like, I don't think Hero's playing, but Robert Williams is playing, and I think Lowry's playing this game. And it's just Miami's basically, you know, they lost that game, the game two in Miami. Uh, they took game three to get their home court advantage back, and then Boston won game four. Miami basically just has to win their home games if they want to make it to the finals. Um, you know, I I know Dallas's arch rival has always been Miami, but one of the biggest things I disliked about Miami was Dwayne Wade. I thought he was one of the most overrated players to ever play in the NBA. And I, I just couldn't stand the hype. It's like you get, it's, he's a shooting guard that can't shoot, you know. It's like you put Dwayne Wade in the NBA in 1990 and – He's Harold Miner. And I, I just couldn't stand Miami. But uh, especially after, you know, the whole super team thing as well, that was another thing that I hated. But I actually don't mind Jimmy Butler. I Him and Bam really like Luka. Uh, I, I don't know what that – like, it's great that Luka has those relationships. I'm just – I just thought it was so interesting that Butler and Bam like Luka so much. I, I don't know what that is, but – um, sometimes it worries me. I think I've brought it up before. Sometimes it worries me that they like him so much because if, if Dallas doesn't sort of get their stuff together and do something, build a team or whatever, then he might bail. But whatever, I don't think he will. But I'm just saying, it's just, it's always in the back of your head because, you know, Cuban in the past, he just, he really struggled to build around Dirk. And it, it was frustrating you know, watching that team year in and year out, um, you know, in the 2000s where blockbuster trades were made either at the shed deadline or in the offseason, and Dallas had a different team every year, and they had players that didn't work, and, and it was just, you let Steve Nash go, and it was so frustrating, and they finally got the right combination of players, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I hope... Things are a bit different now. You know, somebody somebody posted like on Instagram um, a picture of Gobert in a Mavs uniform with Luca, and I believe Rudy Gobert liked it, and people thought that was funny. Um, I don't get into that. I think that's funny. I, I do think Gobert will be on a different team, whether it's on Dallas or not. I don't know. Um, if you could trade... Tim Hardaway and get Gobert in return, I would do it. But obviously more would have to be added to the deal. I think I think I've looked in the past and you'd have to do like Hardaway and Dinwiddie. Which still wouldn't be so bad because I think you could I think you could find someone to replace Dinwiddie. I think as good as Luca's been, I think he's only going to get better. Um, I think Brunson's going to get better. I think this being the first year of Jason Kidd, I think next year, the second year, all these guys will be better as far as you know Brunson and Luca. And I think you could bring in a um, another guy. It, heck, you could probably bring in Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, and run and let him run the offense like 
you know, they did, you know, when, when Dennis Smith Jr. was here, he was, he was still a, they allowed him to be a score first guy. And he averaged 15 points a game, I think, his rookie year, which is really good. It's, that's not a, a bad stat. It was when he went to New York, you know, they, obviously, they, I don't remember, I don't think Thibodeau was there when he was traded. I can't remember if Thibodeau was there after, the year after he got traded, but, you know, New York was a bad team when he was traded to them, and then Thibodeau came in, and Dennis Smith Jr. is not exactly the greatest defender in the world, and... You know, Thibodeau's an old-school coach. Uh, he only plays guys who can defend, and he he overplays guys. Like, he'll, he'll play a starter 40 minutes a night. And so that was probably the worst team for Dennis Smith Jr. to go to. He went to Portland and had a decent um, sort of resurrection. He, he played okay. Uh, you know, that team... It sort of runs an offense like Dallas where it does allow the point guard to um, control the ball and handle the ball, you know, like not as much as Luka does, obviously, but I think Dennis Smith Jr. could work in this offense. I'm not saying Dennis Smith Jr. is as good as Dinwiddie. I just think that Dinwiddie can be replaced if you're able to bring in a guy like Gobert. Now, I've said spending that kind of money on a center is probably a waste of time or a waste of money. And you would be just as fine getting a guy like JaVel McGee. And I think JaVel McGee would really make a difference on this team. He was at the game last night, which was odd. Um, not sure what that was about. Now, he did play in Dallas for one year. But um, I thought it was odd he was there. It, somebody made the comment, he need, they need to give him a uniform and let him play. I, I just think... Sorry, I just think with JaVale McGee, this is a different team. You don't get out-rebounded like you do. And I, I think I think you just have to replace Powell. I think you got to figure out a way to trade him. You know, maybe Indiana wants him. You know, Rick Carlisle loved Powell. He played him all the time. You can have him. You know, I, I just assume let him go. I He's not playable in the playoffs. And for me, it's like there's no point in having him for the playoff, and there's no point in having him for the regular season if he can't play in the playoffs. I, I want a guy who's going to be able to play in the playoffs. So, anyhow, uh, other than that, there's not really a lot of news um, NBA wise um, out there. You know, people still have their mock drafts. It's all it's all like crazy right now about you know Mavs picked so far down they picked 26 that. You could look at 10 mock drafts and they'd have them taking 10 different players, um, predicting who the Mavs, a team in like in the 20s is going to take is impossible. Um, all you can do is maybe look at the players they bring in to interview. You have to wait for stuff like that. You know, t- players they bring in to interview and try out and stuff like that. You know, teams always bring in like a handful of guys and they usually pick from those handful of guys. So that's and that hasn't happened yet. I don't think that happens till after the finals is over and then the draft is at the end of the month. But um, they usually the top eight picks is something that people tend to look at more often. 
Um, this year, there's really no clear-cut number one. Some people believe that Orlando's going to pick number one because you could play Chet next to Wendell Carter Jr. because you can have Wendell Carter Jr. be the center. Um, you know, they're talking about letting Mo Bamba's probably going to be gone after that, and I talked about him, you know, being a guy that the Mavs could probably get for cheap that, you know, maybe he can help you, maybe he can't, I don't, I don't know. But it would be, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm excited to see some of these guys come in. I think there's some good players coming in. It's just going to make the NBA better. Um, you know, I, I was watching one thing, one mock draft video, and they're talking about how Sacramento can bring in this guy, and they said the West was going to be sorry next year, and I'm like, the West is going to be weak next year, and I was like, no, it's not. Sorry, but you know, the to me, the three teams, I can tell you right now, the three teams that aren't making the playoffs in the West are going to be Houston, Oklahoma City, and Sacramento. Those teams aren't making the playoffs. Um, the Clippers are going to have Kawhi and George back. The Pelicans are probably going to have Zion. Minnesota's going to be better. Utah might be worse, but I think they still finish closer to 10th. Then I think they're going to be better than they're going to be better than Sacramento. You know what's what are the Lakers going to do? The Lakers are always going to try and do something. Um, oh, see, you know what's funny is I'm I'm looking at this and Dallas had a four game winning streak, so I don't know what those commentators were. Um, Dallas finished the season with, on a four-game winning streak. So I don't know what those commentators were talking about. Anyhow, but Portland might or it's probably going to Portland's going to be better than Sacramento. So, in all honesty, to me, the teams that are probably you know a little preview the the five teams that aren't going to make the playoffs because you know you have the four teams that have to play in. To me, the five teams that aren't going to make the playoffs will probably be Houston, Oklahoma City, Sacramento, San Antonio. And the only team, the one team I guess I'm going to have to kick out is, um, yeah, it's a tough, uh, if, if Lillard can't stay healthy, then I'd say Portland. Because I don't know how much upgrading Portland's going to be able to do. So, you know, I, I think LA figures out a way to make it next year. The Lakers. I think San Antonio figures out a way to make it next year. Um, especially if, you know, they're saying Zach Levine might not come back. They, some people believe he's going to be a Laker. I don't know how – they're going to have to make some major moves to um, – I guess that was one of the news stories is they don't believe that Zach Levine's coming back to Chicago. But to me, if Zach Levine's going to go anywhere, I th I think San Antonio is will, is will be where he plays, mostly because San Antonio has the money to just, I think, outright sign him. And, you know, he played for Popovich in the Olympics, and so maybe there is some sort of relationship there. But I think if Zach Levine does leave the Bulls, I think he's more likely to go to San Antonio than he is L.A. Because L.A. is going to have to move on from Westbrook, and that's going to be tough because I, there will be a team that I do think takes on Westbrook. You know, some people believe like somebody like Charlotte um, would do it. They would trade uh, Gordon Hayward and who knows, just another filler contract to the Lakers for Westbrook and then probably just buy out Westbrook. And it's pretty much a way to get out of 
the contracts they have with the other guys. You know, Indiana's sort of in the same position. They'd probably like to move on from Brogdon. And so, you know, you put Brogdon and another contract in, you trade him to the Lakers for Westbrook, and then you just buy out Westbrook. And then Westbrook is free to go wherever he wants. Um, probably the Knicks or Oklahoma City. I don't know where he would go. But I, I just, unless a team is willing to take that, unless a team wants to dump salary, that's going to be the only teams that want Westbrook, is, is teams that are looking to dump salary. And Lakers will have to give up a pick to do that. And I don't think the Lakers want to give up a pick to do that. and Because you're taking on someone else's problem, and you have to give up a pick to do that. So it'll be interesting to see. I think the I think Zach Levine's probably going to be the most interesting free agent. Um, I think Kevin Durant has a player option. Um, that's another interesting thing, especially if Kyrie isn't re-signed. Um, that would be some. That would be an interesting uh, turn of events if Durant ended up leaving. Uh, in all honesty, and, and this would be a very Homer take, um, but I think if Durant wanted to win the finals, he'd come play in Dallas. I, I think if Durant's on Dallas, they win the finals. I, I just, I think they're the best. He gives them the best chance as far as you know who you're playing with you're playing with i think obviously a top five player in the league and he doesn't have to carry the burden for the team um luca wants to play he's not like Kyrie. luca wants to luca wants that other guy on the team now you'd probably have to give up brunson if like there would be some sort of um they'd have to do some sort of trade they'd have to trade brunson um I you know I think Kevin in order to do that I think Kevin Durant would have to pick up his player option then Dallas would have to trade like Brunson and Hardaway, but I think if you did that I think you could win the finals next year um, because you could sign a guy like Javale McGee, you know for the minimum, and I I, I think you could just you'd dump, you'd win the West and you'd win the final that's just my opinion, but I don't think. Kevin Durant is going to leave Brooklyn because he's got like his business and stuff like that. So, anyhow, I've gotten off topic a little. Um, so that's more of like off-season sort of topic of discussion. Um, so the game is Thursday. I'll do a uh, pod this weekend. Um, hopefully, it's a win. You never know. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll do a pod regardless, win or loss. We'll talk about the series. And we'll talk about the other series and if any other news is going on around the NBA. But uh, I guess if you could, rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. But uh, until next time, we'll see you later.